A warm welcome uh, to everyone. Thank you for coming along this morning, uh, right at the very start of this exciting new thing that the Lord is doing. And it is a new thing, and it is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it's, like Bill said, to equip us to do um, the work of the Lord out there. And we come here to uh, meet up together and to have fellowship, but to be equipped, that is key in these days. And so that's what I hope to do as we go through this series on healing. And what I'm going to do is take you through the basics of it, start at the very beginning and build on that foundation and go off at wee tangents here and there that, you know, the Lord wants me to speak on and then, you know, come back to the main thrust of it, which is divine healing and then also incorporate practical um, aspects to, well, how do you actually do it? you know, um, out there, what do you do, what do you say, how do you receive it for yourself. So all of that will be covered, um, but as long as the Lord wants me to speak on it every Saturday morning. So, as I say, this is inspired by the Holy Spirit and the school of the supernatural is exactly what... um, we're going to be talking about it is supernatural because it is of God it is of his Holy Spirit and I'm going to be talking about divine healing and I'll just very briefly um, define that because there's a lot of terms out there called uh, faith healing they come under what we would call new age which um, incorporates all sorts of things that appear to make people better um, for you know a certain period of time but it's really where the source of that power that supposedly heals people comes from that is key and there is only one source of divine healing and that is Jesus Christ through the power of his Holy Spirit and not from what we would say the dark side the the heavens that are above us in the earth here where uh, many false uh, teachings and things like that go on and people can tap into that if they're not born again of the spirit of god they can tap into that realm And we have a spiritual enemy, um, the devil, Satan. He does use people. He deceives them. They don't realize mostly what they're doing. But he can use people in that area to heal, to draw them in, and a hook to draw them in. And they can be deceived, think it's God, when it's not. So that happens a lot out there. And also sometimes true born-again Christians can get caught up in that. They can 
not discern spiritually what's going on. So I'm going to be touching on things like that as well as we go through the sessions um, during the weeks. But I want to just focus today on four points, four key things, and those are uh, divine healing, the source of it. The second thing is touching on the counterfeit of divine healing. It's very important. It's everywhere, um, except in here. And the third thing is there are three forms of divine healing that I'll be speaking about today. And they are physical healing of the body, emotional healing and the mind and the emotions. And the third thing is what I would call deliverance. But it's not the Hollywood type of, you know, exorcism, they call it, with a spinning head and, you know, all that stuff. This is um, delivering people from basically an evil spirit that is there in their body. And once that goes, sometimes with a word, that's all it takes, then healing comes because that's actually what has caused the problems in the first place. So I'll touch on that as well. So that's physical, emotional and deliverance, all coming under this title of divine healing. And the last thing, the fourth thing is you'll have some homework. Not much, and it's up to you if you do it or not. I'm not going to correct it and mark it uh, next week, but I would encourage you to do it and I'll share scriptures and things that you can look at at the very end. Um, now, I would say that I'm going to talk about things where I'll give you scripture verses. I can't actually quote them all. I don't have enough time. So if you want to write them down and look at them afterwards, that'll also be part of your homework. <laughs> and God will bless you as you do that. So the first uh, topic is divine healing and the source of that divine healing very very important so if we remember uh when jesus had been resurrected from the dead and he was walking about the earth about 500 people uh, saw him and he was now about to ascend to the father and the disciples didn't want him to go. They're like, you've just come back from the dead. And, you know, shortly after you're going, uh, we don't want to be alone. It's like, what's happening? And Jesus said to them, you won't be alone. What's going to happen is go and wait in this upper room and pray. So about 120 of them did that. And he said, I will send the Holy Spirit down. And he talks about it in Acts 1 verse 8, where he talks about it as power from on high. The Holy Spirit, the power, the glory, the anointing, the power of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not some mist, is not an it. It's not some sort of airy-fairy thing. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the living God. And on earth today, he inhabits 
his people. He lives in someone who is born again. And in the Old Testament, he would come upon people for a certain task, like with Moses. And then when the task was finished, he would leave. In the New Covenant, which is sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ as the sacrificial lamb, we have the vast benefit of being children of God who have the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is the same spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. If you let that sink in, he is in us. Now, that can be, uh, in, you know, the Holy Spirit can increase his power in us and through us to other people by us receiving what the 120 did in the upper room. The, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the tongues of fire um, is a description of the power of God coming down, changing them. There was something now very different about these people, very different about like Peter. Uh, they were turned into bold, brave, um, sold out for Jesus Christ instead of running away defeated um, and denying the new and all those things. So the source of divine healing is the Holy Spirit in these days. He's in believers, every true believer, but we have this extra, this baptism where rivers of living water flow out from your innermost being. And you can be, you know, that can be a continuous thing so that you can release uh, the anointing of God through the gifts of the Holy Spirit into other people's lives out there and see tangible changes happen. And one of the things uh, that can happen is through the gift of healings. There's many gifts, but people can have certain gifts from God, and one of them is a gift of healings. When they lay hands on someone, then the sick can recover. Now, there's various ways that people can be healed divinely. One of them is that way, by the laying on of hands, if someone has a gift of healings, or if they have a gift of miracles, Miracles is something, in regards to divine healing, I would say it's instant. It's instant. <coughs> uh, a gift of miracles would also be what I would term a creative miracle. There are people who have had uh, a leg missing below the knee, and they've been prayed for with someone who has this gift of healings, gift of miracles, operating through them and in front of witnesses have grown a leg. People have had eyes uh, put into their head that were born without them. And I witnessed a person deaf from birth instantly receive full hearing in a meeting where that happened. So there's different ways and we can receive it through other people laying hands on us, through the anointing of God. And people sometimes use olive oil uh, in connection with that. 
It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and it's really just a point of contact for someone's faith. And it's being obedient to God, it's in the Bible. So we can put oil on someone and lay hands on them and pray for them to be healed. That's another way. Then we can actually pray individually for people or in a group, um, intercession, asking the Lord to heal them. And we obviously base that on his word. And then we can believe for healing for ourselves. We can have a special gift at a certain time called the gift of faith, when it's for something that perhaps is chronic, chronic illness that's gone on and on and on. And faith for that is perhaps difficult for the person. God can give that person a gift of faith so that at the time they are receiving prayer or they're laying on of hands, they just believe without the shadow of a doubt that God is healing them and they receive it. And that can be through a gift of faith that happens at that point in time. But one of the ways that people forget <laughs> is you can be, I can be, anyone who is born again of the Spirit of God can be divinely healed through standing upon the Word of God. Yeah. And this is very, very important. I'll talk about the things that I've just mentioned um, as we go through the sessions, but being able to stand on the Word of God yourself, in your house, wherever you are, whenever you need it, is invaluable. Because what we're not wanting to happen in this new thing with the Lord is people who cannot function outside the church building or outside of a service, always having to run to someone else. Now, there's nothing wrong with having people pray for you absolutely not and that is that is a good thing to do um don't misunderstand what i'm saying it's just that god wants us to be able to stand and to be able to do these things ourselves not just wait till a preacher a teacher someone with a gift comes along and we run to that meeting and we have to wait till these people come by. God wants us to be able to receive healing based on his word because he wants to heal us. He wants to heal you. It's his will to heal and it's all throughout the Old and the New Testament. So... I suggest that if you don't have a lot of the scriptures yet, go through the Old Testament and the New Testament especially and just list those scriptures that talk about divine healing and then personalise it for yourself and say them aloud again and again and again regarding whatever it is that you are needing healing for. 
whether it's emotionally, whether it's physically, and do that and keep doing it. Be persistent because often with healing, it's about standing on that word or words of God again and again and again, and it can take time. Not every healing is instant. And I've experienced this myself. And God is faithful. If we stand on his word, and this is where decrees are very powerful, very important. When we speak out what God says, his words are creative. It's how the world came into being. So our words are also very creative. And we are made in the image of God. When we are born again, we are in Christ. And he has delegated his power and authority to us on earth. And Luke 10 verse 19 talks about this. And this is with regards to the enemy. We can tread on snakes and scorpions. That's just a paint a picture of uh, demons that can cause sickness in people. So talking about it from that point of view, we can trample them and have the authority of God to actually say, no, wait one minute. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed and I am healed. And the Old Testament verse for that is Isaiah 53, verse 3. That's why it's past tense, if you're talking about it now. And then it talks about the same verse uh, in 2 Peter. And so we can have these scriptures written down, but hopefully we can read them enough that we memorize them and they come to mind immediately. Just like with everything else that we need in our walk day to day. But if you're needing healing, this is a, a really good thing to do. Memorize scriptures regarding healing. And so the second uh, scripture for that, by Jesus stripes, I am healed, is from 1 Peter 2, verse 24. So... Can you be sure that God wants to heal you? Absolutely, because Jesus paid the price. He not only went to the cross and was crucified and paid the full price for our sin, because he was perfect, he came to this earth fully, 100%, a human being. He lived here the way uh, humans live with one difference. He never sinned once. So he lived a perfectly holy life, but he was also 100% God. He left his privileges and his majesty in the third heaven before he came down. He chose to live by communicating with his father through prayer and meditation. He only said what he heard the father say. He only did what he heard the father tell him to do. He didn't go off like a loose cannon and just do stuff that on the day felt like a good idea. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit in everything he did and said. And that is the way we are to be as well. 
it says that the sons of God, and it's talking about mature saints here, are led by the Spirit of God. So whatever we're doing, we should be led by the Spirit of God and know that. And know that because we've got a relationship with them. It's not just a gamble. It's not just hoping. We know that the Holy Spirit is leading us because we have a relationship with them. And that is built up through spending time in prayer, reading God's word, getting to love God's word, and asking God to give you revelation of who he is and what his word's all about. It's not just a historical boring book. This book, the Bible, the word of God, is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we're told we are to study it, to show ourselves approved unto God. And doing that will equip us to go out there because God promises, he cannot lie. He's not a man who has ever sinned, so he cannot lie. When he promises something, he means it. And all God's promises to us in Christ are yes and amen. So God promises to watch over his word, his word to perform it, and it will not return to him voice. It's so important you've got scriptures that are his word and personalize them, speak them out over your life continuously. And when the enemy says, aha, but you've just got a pain in your leg, ah, that's, you know, you've just got another pain, you've just, you've been saying that, that will happen. You've got to be able to stand against those thoughts because a lot of times the spiritual warfare is between your ears and you have to be able to pull down, it's called vain imaginations, just these thoughts that the enemy puts in your mind, do not receive them. That's where if you know what the word of God is saying, you can line it up and go, is, is that what God says? And if it isn't, reject it. Because healing also works by faith. Like everything in the kingdom of God. If we don't have faith, it says it's impossible to please God. But then also Jesus talks about all we need at certain times, you know, is faith like a mustard seed, tiny wee bit. But we do need faith. So people who are praying over and over and over again and begging God to heal them of something, if they don't have any faith at all, then, you know, nothing's going to happen. You've got to believe when you're praying, when you're asking God, when you're standing on his word, you've got to believe that he's a good God, that he didn't slap this on you. Jesus paid the price in full. It's not God that's giving you the pain. It's not God that's giving you all the things that are going on in your body and your mind that are so troubling to you. He wants you healed. And he says that in his word. And he promises that if we do what he says, not what we think is a good idea, then he will watch over his word and we will be healed. Now, we don't always know when. That is something we've got to realize. 
that's where a lot of people fall flat when it comes to receiving healing because we receive it god doesn't give us anything we don't want we've got to actually cooperate with him we've got to come into agreement with him so we've got to want to be healed i know that sounds strange who wouldn't but we've got to want to be healed and then standing in faith no matter what the enemy says no matter what your friends say no matter what your family says and no matter what you say because people have to watch their own mouth you can be going about and saying by jesus stripes i am healed a hundred times in a day but if you are then talking about Oh, but see that pain that's just there. I mean, it won't go and it's just, it's been there for years and it's not going to move. I mean, the doctors say it's not and see these pills I'm on. And you just, do the rest of the day is filled with words like that. Guess what's going to happen? Cancels it out. Cancels it out because like I said at the beginning, your words are creative. And I'm not saying this to be cruel, but often if we look at our lives and what's going on around us, have we sometimes contributed to it by what we are saying out of our own mouth? So if that is the case, the opposite can happen. We can actually change it for good by changing what we're saying. And it's based in God's word, of course. This is where decrees come in. God ties everything all together perfectly, like a tapestry. The Bible has depth, dimension, it's spiritual. Ask the Lord to give you revelation knowledge about him, his kingdom on earth, how it operates, and about his word. So it's not just something you don't understand. You get bored after two minutes of reading a scripture and a chapter in the Bible. Ask the Lord to give you revelation knowledge. It's so important you get revelation about what God's saying to you. So the next thing I would say about divine healing is just be very careful who you turn to outside say for example here where you know we understand what divine healing is out there there are many people who talk about healing they talk about faith healing a lot even if you go to the free dictionary dot com you'll find that i put in the search bar divine healing specifically that is a massive dictionary online. It had 13 million hits for healing when I looked at it a few days ago. What it did, the algorithm automatically switched divine to faith. So my search for divine healing instantly turned into faith healing and that was then sent to the medical dictionaries for a definition and all sorts of things came up. Now, the reason I'm talking about that is people who don't know about divine healing, who are going to things, places like that, not just there, but other places, and they find divine healing and think, oh, that's faith healing. 
Then they go out there and, you know, they come across someone who is a clairvoyant, someone who says they're a shaman, uh, someone who says they're this, that, and the next thing at a body and soul fair. And they ask for healing. And it's like faith healing. And the people who are ministering that probably think that that is God who's working through them. But if they're not born again, that faith healing is not divine healing. It's coming from the second heaven. It's coming from the demonic realm. And that is the, the long and the short of it. And I'll give you quick examples of what I mean. Things like... And we know that the devil rarely appears with red tights, never, um, a pitchfork and horns and, you know, people would run a mile. No, what he usually does tells you in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14, and no wonder, in other words, don't be surprised people, uh, for Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light. That's his speciality, that's what he loves to do. And that just gets so many people right there and then. And so, depending on who it is, but all of these people I'm about to sort of mention, you know, these areas of the occult, talk about faith healing through them. Don't go near. And if you have gone near them, God understands that, you know, the enemy's main weapon, apart from lies, is deception. So if this has ever been you and you haven't taken it to the Lord, just say, Lord, I didn't realize, please forgive me. Um, take it to him. He will forget. He will. He wants you to have nothing in your life that can block divine healing. And that's something that can block it. If you've been along to practitioners of the dark arts, or you've been one yourself, you need to take that to the Lord and actually have it just dealt with. The Lord then forgives you and clears that out of your life because that can stop you from actually having divine healing in your body. So what I'm talking about is things like faith healing can come through spiritualists, light workers, spirit guides, uh, Aliens from some galactic federation, uh, clairvoyance, witches, angel and tarot cards, tea leaves, palm uh, reading, reading runes, aura reading, iris reading, Reiki healing is a big one with Reiki masters, past life regression, that's based in reincarnation, which isn't true, chakras, Massive chakra energy healing and raising the kundalini. Uh, that is extremely serious and dangerous, causes insanity. And even those people who do it acknowledge that. Also people who are getting words from ascended masters, um, who are just into divination, even the law of attraction. It's all part and parcel of this new age but in actual fact, what it is, is just witchcraft and sorcery, divination, and it will block healing. So divine healing from God. So if you've ever been involved in that, you must uh, turn from it, have a change of heart, and ask the Lord to just heal you of anything that's 
happen to you because of involvement in that. And he will. And another thing, not just the divination, but drugs. Drugs are also a way in for the enemy in this area of uh, the counterfeit. Uh, at the moment, ayahuasca, I think, is the pronunciation of the drug from the Amazon rainforest, South America, Brazil. People take it from a shaman, which is basically an occult healer, really just a, a witch or warlock. They drink it and, you know, it gives them these experiences like uh, in the 60s, 70s, it would be things like acid, LSD, magic mushrooms, um, mescaline, the Beatles did, all that sort of thing would take people on these trips. But where they actually went was the second heaven, where the enemy operates. So they were opening themselves up spiritually. And a lot of them thought it was healing. Um, shamans said, this is healing, etc. No, it was the exact opposite. A lot of people would find it was also very addictive. Even just what we'd call the wacky-backy, you know. But these other drugs that are mind-altering, what they call now psychedelic drugs, take people into the spiritual realm where they think they're going to be healed, their mind's going to be healed. In actual fact, what it does is opens them up to the demonic realm. And believe me, if you open a door to the enemy in that area, then he will oblige and come in with lots of people who um, are operating in this divination sorcery area. He'll bring them along and you'll, you know, people operating in drugs like that will find that their situation goes from worse to worse to worse. And then they need real deliverance, powerful stuff to actually be free from it. I've seen casualties in ICU who've done drugs like the ones I've just said. And they were extremely ill, some of them died. So it's not an area to get into, very spiritually dark and part of pharmacia, these things. So the day comes where, you know, we've got to pay the piper and the devil, without Christ, he takes no prisoners. It's only Jesus Christ that can actually protect people, take them out of that and completely change their lives. Lots of testimonies on the internet of people who've been there and they've, they've been healed by Jesus spiritually. You know, that is one area people forget about. Spiritual healing, being born again of the Spirit of God, that is the very first thing that we need. Um, and people who give good testimonies in this area of the counterfeit divination, uh, people like Doreen Virtue, who was like one of the world's top level sort of witches, she's turned to Christ. And John Ramirez, he was called the son of Satan. He was into Santeria, all these different things, and the Lord saved him, and now he's an evangelist, and they all blow the cover on everything going on in the dark side, faith healing. So you don't want to get into that at all, and if you have, go to the Lord with it, because you know the counterfeit by studying the real thing. Uh, like, you know, 
go abroad, somebody comes back with a handbag that says, you know, Prada, Gucci, whatever it is, right? They think it is the real deal. But if you've ever owned one of them and you look at it for 10 seconds, you know it's fake. It's counterfeit. You know that because you've got the real thing and you know what the real thing looks like. So that's another reason why you must know about the word of God, the character of God. He wants to heal you. He doesn't put sickness and pain on you. That is not God's character. Jesus came, died for us, took the sickness. By his stripes we are healed. It's said that he was almost unrecognisable as a human being. So God wants to heal us. There's no two ways about it. And the third thing is there's three forms of divine healing, really, like I was saying. Physical, emotional, and the deliverance side. And I'll give you scriptures for you to look at yourself because I don't have enough time today to go through them all. But regards physical healing, look at the story of the leper. This is, if you actually read both chapters of Matthew 8 and Matthew 9. In Matthew 8, 16 to 17, talks about the leper. Jesus had just finished speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, and it said that he was just walking past this guy who was sitting there, a leper. And in those days, social distancing was a real thing if you were a leper, and it wasn't six foot. Probably more like 666 feet people would stay away from you. They knew what lepers were. So this man cried out to Jesus and the Lord healed him. And the thing that he was worried about was would God heal him? He's a leper. He's an outcast, a social outcast, living alone, away from society, nobody going near him. And Jesus said, I will. And he was healed. So that's one chapter to go and have a look at for physical healing, the leper. And there's many stories in Matthew 8 and 9 about physical healing. When we look at emotional healing, God wants to do that in our lives as well. Because if we've got areas in our heart like a broken heart, for example, um, things that have happened to us as children in our lives, if they've not been dealt with and we're now an adult, the world calls it having loads of baggage, emotional baggage. Well, basically, we know what they're talking about, but Isaiah 61 verse 1 puts it like this about Jesus you know the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted so the father anointed Jesus to bind up those hearts that had been broken this binding it's emotional healing uh, a broken heart is really the human heart has been injured and it affects our functioning in the world because it affects our thoughts, our emotions, our will. When it's broken, it's usually been because of some injury or trauma, something done to us in the past and it causes damage. 
and it really needs to be dealt with because if it isn't, what can happen with broken hearts, uh, people needing emotional healing that don't have it yet, their life and relationships can become turmoil. They can uh, have disappointments, painful events. Um, these things can be quite significant in their life when there's an area like that not dealt with. So it also spreads brokenness to other people. You know, the phrase hurt people, hurt people. You know, it's like a vicious circle. So God wants to heal broken heart because it can also affect us as Christians in fellowship. People doing say things because they have a broken heart. They need healing. It can be very destructive if they don't have healing because it brings in things like through their heart, they take things personally, they become bitter, uh, they become hateful, they take offense at the least thing, they get into fear. All of that will block healing. So someone who's needing emotional healing, first of all, they need to take it all to God. People who have truly hurt them, done things terrible to them, they must take it to the Lord and he will give the person the power to forgive and then to heal and that will change their lives and that can be difficult for people and but Jesus took you know everything upon himself for emotional healing as well and then the third thing is through deliverance it talks in Matthew 15 22 to 28 about the Canaanite woman's sick child. Now, this was a woman who wasn't an Israelite. She wasn't like the phrase today is one of our tribe. And the disciples just were like, go away. Because this woman was like, her daughter was sick. And she heard about Jesus and she was wanting him to heal her daughter. And the disciples are like, go away, because they knew she wasn't one of their tribe. And they're even, you know, like trying to encourage you, just send her away. And so the Lord actually said to her, when you read that chapter, Matthew 15, verse 26, Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it onto the dogs. And that sounds like, wow. But what he was really saying was, he was speaking to a Gentile woman who came to Jesus because her child was sick and she needed to receive healing for her sick baby. And Jesus was just telling her that the bread that he had, healing, was for the children. You know, the Jews, the at that time because the gospel wasn't yet open to the Gentile world at that point. But hallelujah, thank God it is today. And we have access to all the blessings, promises and the covenant in blood that Jesus made possible for us. So that does not apply to us. But even that woman was persistent and she kept uh, asking and asking and the Lord granted her request and healed her child. And if you go to Matthew 7, verse 11, you can read there about God giving good gifts to his children. Healing is one of those good gifts. So 
Be confident in the provision of the Lord for you. It's key. The Lord wants you healed. Every day from any disease. And he has made it possible. Deliverance was what happened to this child. It was deliverance here. And sometimes with healing, for whatever reason, deliverance can be the thing that's needed. If it's something that's generational, there's things called bloodline curses, and they can be going back generations in our families' bloodlines, where who really knows what their families did 200 years ago? It's good for all of us to actually cover all bases with this. Um, people who have been actively a part, knowingly or unknowingly, of things, for example, like Freemasonry, doesn't matter what level. If they've taken even one oath in Freemasonry, that's enough for a curse to come upon the bloodline to the third and fourth generation. So people need to... What you do with curses that are made, that are verbal vows, you need to verbally then renounce it all before God and ask him to forgive it, your ancestors. And if you do that, he will then show you things that you need to do in other areas and that will be dealt with. And if there's something there that's come in through your bloodline, and this can happen, you know, the medical... Uh, doctors call it, uh, you know, in your family history. But really what they're talking about is if it's something that's always in your family, heart disease, something specific, insanity, um, depression, you know, even in the emotional area, it can be a bloodline thing if it's repetitive. So take that to the Lord and... He can deal with that too in deliverance because what happens is with a curse is opening a door to the enemy to, you know, allow the dark spirits, demonic spirits to come in to the person's life, often their body and their mind. And that can be the root of it there. So you can deal with that. The Lord delivers um, as well as heals physically and emotionally. So the last thing uh, I want to just say is your homework. <laughs> it's been a whistle-stop tour through what is a massive subject. You know, there's, there's libraries full of books on healing, divine healing. So if you can take three things home from this first session today, which is introductory, I would say it would be, and to do this every week, the first one to the scriptures I've given you, meditate on God's word. Just think about it over and over in your mind. Ask the Lord to reveal things to you about his word, what he wants you to see in it. This is where the revelation comes when we sit. I'm not talking about transcendental meditation. I'm not talking about meditation the way New Agers talk about it and the faith healers that we discussed earlier. No. We don't clear our minds so we've got nothing in it. That is not what we do. We have free will. God does not want us to have a mind that's blank. He wants our mind to be filled with his word. So we meditate in God's word.
and say, you know, declare things over your uh, body like healing is my portion as a child of God. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. My body and mind are completely healed at all times. So that's Isaiah 53, verse 3. Another few scriptures for you to meditate on. Matthew 7, verse 11. And Isaiah 61, verse 1. And the second thing to take home is apply the word. Learn to put God's word to work. If you're sick, learn what's required of you as a believer to activate God's power to produce healing in your body. And then test it and see for yourself. Because if you're healed, you'll know. You will know. There is a point where you go about and you see it before you see it. But at some point when you're healed, it will be obvious to everybody. And the last thing is pray. Ask the Lord to open your understanding to know how healing operates so that you can take full advantage of it. And thank the Lord for his incredible grace that has brought healing into your life by allowing his body to be broken for you. So ask the Father to help you identify and deal with any expression of a broken heart in you for your healing physically, mentally, and your deliverance. And he will do all of these things. So that's it for the first session. I hope it blessed you. I just wanted to build upon some basic foundations and strengthen them. And then we'll add to them as we go along so that you can know how to offer to pray for other people outside to be healed because you'll be fully equipped to do so at the end of all of this. And also, you'll be healed yourself in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.